You're listening to Average Joe Sports Talk Podcast with your boy E-Man. Yo, what is up, everybody? Your boy E-Man coming at you. So 39. Here we are. A week, a week has passed. And the Last Dance documentary aired out as last two episodes, 9 and 10, closing out the saga. To me, it was more like a bibliography of Michael Jordan's greatness. Reminding the generation that never saw him play that he's the GOAT and how great he is. Pretty simple. I'm not going to break down the last two episodes. I think I've done enough breaking down of the series. I appreciate the downloads in the last few, man. Me giving you some exclusive content for a release, and I really got a good response and a lot of plays. So thank you very much for listening. My biggest takeaway of the whole series is, number one, he's the GOAT. We all know that. He wanted to remind everybody that was born after the year 2000, or the LeBron stands, that, yo, you never saw me play, but I'm giving you an example or a little sample of how great I was on what adversary and what kind of players and what kind of competition I faced. And I think he proved that. One thing, this documentary made Pippen look like the best Robin in the world. That's exactly what it was. Scottie Pippen was a good player, not a top 50 in my book, maybe top 100 of all time, but just Pippen was a great Robin. And you know what? A lot of people said out there he had Pippen. Hmm, I don't think so. Pippen was a good player. It's a good number two. Pippen made playoffs and made the All-Star game because Jordan made him better. And I'm going to hit that a little later on because today I'm going to settle down the discussion of the GOAT, LeBron or Jordan. But staying on the last dance for a minute, my other biggest takeaway apart from Pippen being a great Robin and great number two, and that's it, is the fact that Jerry Krause, as much hate as people had for him, the dude is probably one of the greatest GMs of all time. Another GM would have not done what he did fire a winning coach in Doug Collins who took his team to the seventh game of the Eastern Conference Finals and almost had him there. But he fired him and put Phil Jackson because he saw that Phil Jackson was probably going to get the max out of Michael Jordan and was going to be the guy that's going to bridge everything together. Drafted Pippen, Horace Grant, made some great signings, getting Tony Kukoc, Dennis Rodman, and all the role players that were gonna that were complement Michael Jordan because look that's the other part one thing you saw around here Jordan did not play with superstars he played with role players role players that did what they were needed to do be in the spots they needed to be so when they got the ball they were effective the Steve Paxson's the Kerr's of the world the Bushlers of the world all right BJ Armstrong's of the world all those kind of guys the Weddingtons the Luke Lonely these were the guys that were hung around and averaged five or six points a game or eight nine points a game played 20 minutes but were there to hit the shots, especially Steve Kerr. That's a big difference. And I'm going to emphasize and, and expand on that a little later on when I start going over my points here. The other thing that I had definitely took away from the last dance, I don't think they would have won a seven if everybody would have come back. It would have been nice to try. Jordan felt that he could have. I don't think the Bulls would have won a seventh championship, a fourth straight championship in their second run because I think that 97 team, 98 team, really, really was just out of gas. Everybody was banged up. Even if Pippen would come back, everybody would come back. Phil Jackson would accept it to come back. I don't think the Bulls would have won a, a seventh championship. They were not won four straight championships. I think that would have, that was it. I think everybody walked away at the right time. Phil Jackson needed to walk away. And by the way, Phil had the opportunity to come back. And if he would have come back, everybody else would have come back. Jordan, just like Jordan mentioned, Kuko, everybody would have come back. Kuko was still playing. But Pippen, Dennis would come for another run. So at the end of the day, man, yeah, there was, Jerry had to do what was right for the team business-wise, but Phil was a little selfish not to come back. They should have, 
Phil should have said, you know what, win or lose, let's try it and let's, you know, and let's, let's be over with. But I think Phil wanted to walk on a high, walk away as a winner, walk away on top, which we all know that we got, he got the Lakers job afterwards. And that's why he decided to leave. So Jordan just follows suit. So that, those are my biggest, biggest takeaways, man. Again, this proved why Jordan, this documentary proved why Jordan is the greatest of all time. Now, I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to prove to you why I think Jordan is the greatest of all time. And not because I'm from that generation. Don't get it twisted. Because I am going to throw some major numbers at you right now. Everybody saying that, you know, LeBron, LeBron, tougher era, difficult more era to play. You know, oh, eight straight finals. LeBron is going to be the all-time leading scorer by the time it's all said and done. Jordan is not. He passed Jordan in scoring. Let's not count just the championships. Let's look at overall productivity. That's cool. That's really cool. But I'm going to break down to you step-by-step. Step. I'm going to hit the stats and get ready, people, because I'm going to throw some numbers at you and they're going to come fast. I did some trending. I'm going to give you some scenarios here. Jordan and LeBron. I'm going to compare these two cats side-by-side, stat-by-stat. What if and what not. We're going to compare the teams they play with, the teammates they play with, who had the better teammates, who had the easier road to get to the NBA Finals. We all got to take all that into consideration to figure out who truly is the GOAT. And I'm not being biased here because I love Jordan. I'm from that generation. I am going to back up my stats. I'm going to back up my argument and my take with stats. You know, I always do that. You know, your boy is crazy about stats. So let's get busy. We're going to settle the discussion. LeBron versus Jordan. We're going to settle who's the GOAT today here at Average Joe Sports Talk. Let's get right to the numbers. Let's take a look at Jordan's and my and um and LeBron James numbers here. Right now, LeBron James has played about 186 more games than actually 285 more games than Mr. Uh, Michael Jordan. Jordan ended up his career at 30.1 a game. And remember, this also includes the two years that he played with the Wizards. He averaged 22 a game one year and 20 in the, his last year. He was 39 and 40 years old. LeBron is averaging a career high of 27.1 points a game. LeBron and Jordan played about the same amount of minutes. That's a wash. LeBron has played more games because he came straight out of high school. Michael Jordan played three years in college, retired twice. Remember that. Michael Jordan played three years in college because he could not come straight out of college to play in the NBA back then. And he retired twice. So there go. He lost about two years right there. Uh, Jordan got him in scoring. I give credit. The field goal percentage here is LeBron has about 49. I mean, Jordan has 49.7%. LeBron is 50.4. Close edge LeBron. Uh, Jordan took a lot more field goals because he was a scorer. Assists, LeBron. Rebounds, LeBron. Let's look at three-point percentage. Slightly even, 34 to 32. LeBron took less free throws. Jordan took more because he took it to the hole more than LeBron. All right. LeBron, uh, Jordan had more steals. That was just part of his defensive game. He couldn't rebound as much as LeBron, which the big difference is only like a, a rebound and a half between LeBron and Jordan career-wise. That's it. 7.4 rebounds to 6.2 and about two assists more than Jordan. So that number right there where everybody says LeBron is the ultimate playmaker, the ultimate like team player, he makes his teams better. It's not a big difference, man. And Jordan still won six championships and outscored him. So right now, they're pretty even numbers all across the board. LeBron has the edge by a little on rebounds and assists. Jordan has the edge on, on, the, um, on actual scoring. You know, we're looking at stats right now. That part there are. 
There's still a big difference. Six championships. All right? Six to three. Teammates. And this is where I actually always going to give Michael Jordan the edge. First, LeBron played with, yo, he played with practically, if Kyrie Urban doesn't get hurt, he played with three Hall of Famers. Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, Kyrie Urban. Kyrie Urban keeps playing. The pace that he's playing, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Kevin Love is borderline. But let's take a look. Let's take a look at Dwayne Wade's stats. Dwayne Wade is top 25 in scoring. He's like number 29 of all time. That's pretty freaking crazy. He's pretty 29 of all time. And Wade averaged a career 22 points a game. And let me tell you something. Wade, while LeBron was in the team, hey man, you know, he took a back seat. No doubt about it. He took a back seat to, to uh, LeBron, which is the right thing to do. Which is the right thing to do, but he still, which that's when he, um, it was uh, 2010. He averaged, uh, 2011, actually, 10 to 11. He averaged 25 a game. Still not bad. It's pretty freaking good. 25 a game, even though LeBron was the leader of that team. Then you got 22 and 21 a game the next couple of years. Those are pretty impressive stats. Keep that in the back of your head. The three years of Wade played with LeBron, it was exactly like this. 25, 22, and 21 a game. Yeah, that's right. I mean, four years. And then 19 in this last season, which was 14. Pretty freaking good. After LeBron left, Wade still had his numbers. The last two years, he was with Miami, which it was 21 a game and then 19 a game. He kept his productivity up. Did not go down when LeBron James left. But that's pretty good, man. This guy averaged about 23 points a game, about almost 24 points a game while LeBron was in Miami. All right? Great supporting cast, ladies and gentlemen. That's what I'm getting at. Let's go to Chris Bosh. Chris Bosh was a beast before he came from Toronto. You know, a career like 22 points a game guy. But he brought the intangibles that they needed. All right. At this moment, he was averaging 22 a game with Toronto. When he got to Miami, 18.7 points a game, 18 points a game, 16 a game, and 16 a game again. Now, he was a third wheel, so therefore you knew his productivity had to go down. But he brought in the rebounding and that clutch rebound that gave Ray Allen the shot for them to save that championship. Again, these numbers are very solid. 18, 18, and 16, and 16 again per year while LeBron played with Chris Bosh in Miami. Now let's go to his second round in Cleveland. When he left Miami, went back to Cleveland. Kyrie Irvin, who I said, he's having an excellent year before the season ended, 27 points a game, having his best offensive season ever. But the years he was with LeBron James in Cleveland, all right, which it was 14-15, uh, 21 a game, and 2016 uh, here, that's when he had his injuries. That's in, in 2016 when they lost. It was uh, 16 points a game. Let me see what he had. 19 points a game. And then 16-17 with that great comeback against, um, against whatchamacallit, against Golden State, the legendary comeback, the one that LeBron, you know, sealed the deal with. Yo, he averaged 25 a game that season. And let's not mention hitting the clutch shots in the playoffs. All right? He averaged 25 a game, almost 26 points a game in the playoffs that season. It has some memorable, memorable games. 35-point games. He shut down Steph Curry. I mean, LeBron had a great series, but Kyrie Irving was the guy hitting the clutch shots and taking the big shots. I mean, Kyrie is a 22-point-a-game career scorer. So is Dwayne Wade and 19 for Bosh. And finally, the worst player that he probably played with as a superstar, as an all-star, Kevin Love. Kevin Love has some solid numbers. He's a career... You know, 19 a game, 18 points a game scorer. And the years I was with Cleveland, 
uh, during LeBron era. You know, he averaged 17 a game, 19 and 16 and 17, the year that they won it. And then 16, the other two, which again, he's probably the the actual, the worst year he had. But let me tell you something, that, that 16 and 17, uh, I'm sorry, the um, that 16 and 17 season when they made the comeback, man, he had he averaged 11, 11 boards a game. Pretty freaking impressive. And during the playoffs, 10 rebounds a game and 16 boards. Solid. So now let's go back here. Dwayne Wade. All right, let's go back to Dwayne Wade here, my man. Dwayne Wade is a career 22 points a game that LeBron played with. Ready? Chris Bosh, 19 points a game. Kyrie, 22 points a game. Kevin Love, a career 18 points a game score. Great numbers, great supporting cast. Three out of those guys are sure first ballot Hall of Famers. Kevin Love is borderline. Now, Kyrie's a sure ballot if he plays five more years at this level. Great supporting cast. Jordan stayed in Chicago. People went to play with him. He didn't go anywhere. LeBron needed Wade and Bosh to get his first championship. And he went to play with two Hall of Famers. Enough said about that. Teammates, again, let's look at Jordan's teammates. And Jordan, again, had a bunch of supporting cast. Steve Kerr, Jeb Bushler, Paxson, Charles Oakley at the beginning. My man, oh, much love for Charles Oakley. All right. Those are the kind of players he had before Pippen came along. Pippen came. Horace Grant, Dennis Rodman. Those are the three players that everybody mentions that he had. Oh, he had Hall of Famers. Pippen is the only Hall of Famer out of that group. Let's go to the numbers because numbers walks. Scotty Pippen. Scotty Pippen was a career 16-point a game scorer. That was his career, 16.1 a game. And but you know what? Let's not focus about that. Let's focus on the Jordan years. He started playing in Chicago. And the best years he had with Chicago, granted, granted, the first year they won a championship, which it was 1991, Pippen averaged 17 points a game for that season. I know his big contribution is the distributing the assists and the rebound and the defense. That's great. 92, 21 a game. 93, 18.6. This is a three-peat, okay? 94, he had his best career overall because Jordan wasn't there. That's when Jordan retired to play baseball, 22. Jordan comes back in 95 at the end. He averaged 21. He was averaging already 21 a game because he was still the main guy taking the most shots. 96, when the first three beats, uh, the first run for the three piece starts, that was the year of the uh, 73 and 10. 72 and 10, I'm sorry. Pippen averaged 21 a game. I'm sorry, 19 a game. No, that was in 98, I'm sorry. 96, he averaged uh, 19 a game. 97, he averaged 20.2 a game. And the last year, 98, where he played only 44 games because he was hurt most of the time, averaged 19 a game. Take those numbers, which is career high. He averaged less than Kyrie Irving and Dwayne Wade. Because he was. if you take that those years, he was an averaging 22 points a game. Let's look at his next supporting cast here. The other guy that everybody talks about. Oh, yeah, you got Horace Grant. Horace Grant was a solid player. But Horace Grant was an 11-point game career average scoring, all right? 8.1 rebounds, which he brought his most of his bread and butter in the defensive side, the rebounding stopper guy, you know what I'm saying? The guy that played a tough D. His best years with the Bulls, his best year was 93-94, where he averaged 11 boards and 15 points a game. That was his best year. That was a year he had the highest scoring and the most rebounds per game. He's a career 11 Point two points per game score. Compared to Bosch, compared to Kevin Love, those two guys got a lot on uh, career-wise on Horace Grant. Better numbers overall. 
best point guard that he played so far has been Kyrie Irving. Best two guard he's ever played with has been Dwayne Wade. Talking about LeBron right now. Best power forward, LeBron. He has three out of four. Small forward, hey, he's a small forward. But the best small forward he's ever played with, he, didn't, he never played with a small forward because he's a small forward. Right now, advantage LeBron with support in his career. And I know he didn't have any support when he first got to the league. He played with Verajao, Delonte West, all these guys that, you know, Verajao, uh, Boogie, whatever his name was, Booby Wilson, whatever the guy name was, they called him Booby. He had nobody. That's why he left. But if we wanted to talk GOAT, because Jordan had, didn't have anybody either at the beginning of his career. If we wanted to talk GOAT, let's look at the support in these championships. And right now, advantage for support, teammates, goes to LeBron. Last but not least, man, the worm, Dennis Rodman was a beast, man. And Dennis Rodman was a defensive juggernaut. A career 7.3 score, points per game, 13.1 rebounds. That's right there. Nobody can top Dennis when it comes to rebounding. Not even Kevin Love, who had a monster year in rebounding. And, you know, and, and the worm was just the worm. He wasn't there to score. He was there to play defense and hustle. Again, advantage for the support, LeBron James. You can't tell me. That 22 points a game from Wade, 19 from Bosch, all right, 22 from Kyrie Irving per year, and that's 25 in that championship years and 24, respectively. Kevin Love at 18 points a game is definitely better than 16.1 career average for Mr. Pippen. 11.2 points per game career average for Horace Grant and then Dennis Rodman. I give Dennis Rodman the edge because he was a defensive juggernaut and, and a rebounder. Okay, advantage LeBron. And here's another point I'm going to give you. Let's stick with teammates. Let's stick with support. Everybody that played with LeBron, with the exception of Dennis Rodman, because he barely played games, kept his productivity up. Like Rodman still rebounded. I mean, he ended up 12 games that he played with Dallas in uh, the year, in the 99-2000 season. He left the, the league uh, leading in rebounding by 14.3. Only played 12 games, but still averaged 14.3 rebounds. And I think he had, and it was like uh, four points a game or something like that, what it, what it was. Oh, two points a game. But before that, he always, he, he still kept himself in double digits of rebounding. Rodman's problem wasn't the productivity. It was just trying to stay on the court. Now let's move on to every, what everybody says. Oh, but he, Michael Jordan had Pippen. Pippen was a, the greatest. Let's take a look at Pippen's career. After the 97-98 season when the last three-peat and everybody retired, right? Pippen went to play, got traded to the Houston Rockets. Complete, big, that's where the downshift started. 14.5 points per game that season. Kept the rebounds and the assists about the same. That's cool. Then he goes to Portland and plays with Portland the next four years. Pippen's average per year per points per game, 12.5, 11.3, 10.6, 10.8. Boom. Huge decline after the man that made Pippen left the game. Pippen didn't make Jordan. Jordan may need a Pippen because he needed help to do all the other things because Jordan cannot do it all. Not even LeBron can do it all. But let's not get it twisted. It's not Michael Jordan who needed Pippen. It was Pippen who needed Michael Jordan to win. Horace Grant goes to Orlando. Automatically, after, you know, without playing with the man, his best season with Orlando... After his best season after that, forget with Orlando and whoever he signed with again, was 13.4 points a game and nine rebounds. Big decline from when he played with Jordan, when he averages, when he had his best season last year, played with them at 15 points and 11 boards a game. Now let's take a look at the help when LeBron left. After LeBron left the team and left his teammates, 
And we're talking about Miami and then Cleveland, okay? We're not talking about when he left Cleveland because he had nobody with Cleveland. So there's really nobody you can point your finger at. But yo, look look at Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade, you know, hey, he kept his productivity up. And Dwayne Wade was already broken down and old when LeBron left the first time around. But the first year, Dwayne Wade averaged 21 and a half until LeBron left, then 19. And then he went to Chicago. And that's pretty much on the decline there. But the first two years right after that, Dwayne Wade kept his productivity, kept his points per game. And on average, what, what he was doing, the same thing when LeBron was there. Chris Bosh, Chris Bosh actually increases productivity with uh, after LeBron left. When LeBron left in 13-14, uh, he averaged 21 a game that 14-15 and 15 season. And then uh, 19 a game, almost 20. And his last season, which was 15-16 when he had the blood clot. So yeah, you know, there was some injuries there, but the productivity was up there. Nobody decreased their productivity. Kyrie Irving, Kyrie Irving leaves LeBron and has his second best three seasons, two with Boston, 20, even though he has some injuries. He still averaged 24.1 a game, 23.8. And then this year, he's killing it with 27, a career high 27 and a half. His game did not go down. It actually improved. And I'm going to tell you why I'm doing this. Last but not least, Kevin Love. Kevin Love pretty much stayed the same. Fifth 17, 17, 17. Same thing he did with LeBron. His actually, he increased his scoring average after LeBron left just by a little bit, by one point or so. What I'm trying to get here is, Horace Grant needed, needed, needed Michael Jordan. And so did Scottie Pippen. The other guys, James went to play with, especially Wade and Bosch. That's the difference. Jordan was the X factor. LeBron makes other players better. But LeBron needed to leave Cleveland twice. Now he's with LA to win a championship. Hasn't done it with LA yet. Players after they left Michael, complete decline. Players, when LeBron left them, actually kept up the same productivity or even better. Hey, man, people need a Jordan. A lot of people just need a LeBron, but not to the level that Jordan took the other teammates. That's how much Jordan made his other teammates better without the stats. I know it's rare, right? Jordan made the other players better because they won. Jordan was, I'm going to play hard. I'm going to be the man. I'm going to take all the shots. But it's going to be the time that you better be ready because I'm going to pass the ball to Steve Kerr and hit a jump shot. Paxson hit a jump shot to put us up. That kind of stuff, man. He knew when to pass the ball. Killer instinct. The GOAT so far. Come on, you cannot complain. One last, not one last before I close it out here. I want to, I want to give you a little bit of a what if. What if LeBron, I mean, I'm sorry. What if Michael Jordan was able to come straight out of high school? And what if Michael Jordan never retired twice? Never left to play baseball in the 90, uh, 93, 94 season? Or 98, 99, and then came back in 2000, you know, when he was 38 and 39 years old, respectively? That year, Michael Jordan, in his last two seasons with the Wizards, he averaged 22 a game, and then uh, 20 in his last uh, year. Broken down, you know, breaks, but not too shabby. Let's take into consideration, let's take Michael Jordan, just like LeBron, let's take Michael Jordan coming in the same age as LeBron and never retiring, right? Same games. Michael Jordan would have played an additional about 471, he averaged 476 more games. That's how many games he'd, he missed from playing by playing three years in college, which he had no choice, and by retiring twice because he averaged about 68 games a year, which includes his 94, 95 when he came in towards the end of the year. And also includes when he got hurt, that's his second year that he missed most of the season. And also the last two years. So I'm, I'm still thinking, I'm thinking the consideration of the years that he barely played because of injury, retirement, and all that good stuff. Doesn't matter. I'm making it very, very um, 
very, very fair here. All right, conservative. So he, he was averaging about 68 games a season, games played. That gives you a total of, look at about five seasons, 476 more games than Michael Jordan would have played. Michael Jordan averaged a career 30.1 points a game. Now, if I take those 476 76 games that he would have played coming straight out of high school and never retiring, Michael Jordan would have scored a total of 46,620 freaking points. That would have blown Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's scoring title by 8,233. Now, 30.1 a game, that means he would have to average 30.1 point games his rookie season, his second season, his third season, right? This is straight out of high school. And then also the two years he retired. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dial that back. I'm going to do a, I'm going to even get even more conservative. I'm going to take the same 476 games that he should have, that he would have played based on his career per year average. And I'm going to say that the first three years of the league, Michael, it took Michael Jordan three, it would have taken Michael Jordan three years to get comfortable to get to that 28, 30 point a game scorer that he is. I say he would average 21 a game. The first three, three seasons. And also the, you know, take into consideration that I'm going to take the same 21 points per game that I think Michael Jordan, you know, because he needed to get better, right? Would have averaged in those two seasons he retired, right? Which that wasn't the case, but I'm going to make conservative. Michael Jordan would have scored if I adjust the scoring the points per game to 21, he would still would have scored 42,288. That's 3,900 more than Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Right now, LeBron Jam has a career total, 34,087 points. Number three of all time. He's right behind Malone, who has 36,000, almost 37,000. And the record is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar to 38, 387. He's going to break this. This is what everybody's saying, that he's going to be the GOAT because he's going to break this record, which Jordan couldn't. Don't get it twisted. He's going to be the number one scoring player. He has, he's going to score the most points by the time it's all said and done. And he's probably going to be in top five in assists as well. Not bad. That is like something not to sneeze at. It's something to actually... That's why he's in the consideration of the GOAT. But if LeBron James and I'm giving Le- and I'm not and I'm giving LeBron a little more slack, LeBron James right now will probably play 285 more games, which you're looking at. That's probably almost three seasons, right? And at 27.1 points a game, I am not deducting that total that year average because I'm I'm, I'm going to say that he's never going to slow down, which he will. He's going to average about. He's going to score a total of about 7,723 and a half points more, which will pull him at 41,810 points for the career, for his career. So if Michael Jordan would have never taken a break from baseball, never taken a break to retire the second time and come straight out of high school, he would have blown out that scoring number and LeBron would never reach Michael in the career average of point score. Put that on your pipe and smoke it, my friend. Pretty wild. And I was conservative. I took those games that Michael Jordan would have played out of, if it would have come out of high school and the two years he retired at 21 points a game. And that's low because I want to make it fair. In LeBron's case, my trending, thinking that he's going to play about three more seasons, he's going to score about 7,700 points. And that's his career average of 27 points a game. I did not lower the scoring down thinking that LeBron's going to slow down because I want to give him the edge. And if those two scenarios were live, guess what? LeBron would not reach Michael Jordan's career total points scored. It is what it is. Your boy Eamon just said it. I mean, let's take a look. Teammates, LeBron. Division, LeBron. The East, when Jordan played, was a war zone. The Knicks, Indiana, Pistons, 
Even Cleveland, who's a crappy team, was a better team than a lot of better, better competition because they only have, you know, Miami only had to deal with Boston and Boston was already getting old. And Indiana was a good team, but wasn't a great team with Paul George and, and Sabib, whatever his name was. So don't give me that shit either. MJ had the worst competition because the East back then and the Knicks, I forgot about the Knicks, the East were the West today. That's how much higher the competition level was in the East. So let's stop that right there. Scottie Pippen is not a great, is not one of the greatest players of all time. I don't think Scottie Pippen should be in the top 50. All right. Scottie Pippen is number 39, probably in scoring career wise. I don't even know what number Scottie Pippen is, but we're going to look that up right now. Actually, let me pull up the numbers for the career average. Let me, let's, let's see where LeBron James teammates rank. Yo, listen, Ray Allen, who we played with at least two years, is 24 all time in scoring. Dwayne Wade is number 29. Pippen is at, Pippen is not even in the top 50. But there's two guys that LeBron James played with that are in the top 50 in scoring. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it anymore. LeBron is the second greatest player of all time. My last, my last test is I went out there and I put a poll on social media and I decided to do it on Twitter. I'm going to tell you why, because a lot of my followers are very young. You know, Twitter has the youngest followership out of Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff. So I decided to take everybody that's kind of in this season, you know, that's, that's in this era. Most, a lot of my Twitter followers are young bucks, man. Cats are probably were born from 95 up. And a good 40, 60% of them are so Michael Jordan play. So I went ahead and I, and, I, and I put up a poll on Twitter and said that, you know, who's the greatest player? Who's the GOAT? Let's settle this. And I put Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, or LeBron James. 29% voted LeBron James. 8% voted Kobe Bryant, 63% voted Michael Jordan. I think this documentary opened up the eyes of all the players who never saw Michael Jordan play, and it reminded the individuals who were in the on the fence who the GOAT is. I never had any doubt because I saw Michael Jordan play a lot, especially, especially torturing my Knicks. All right, remember, the Hall of Famer that Michael Jordan eliminated most in the playoffs was Patrick Ewing. And y'all, quick side sidebar here. Patrick, man, hope you get better. The man just got diagnosed with COVID-19. He's going to be all right, man. He's an athlete. But Michael Jordan did not play with a better support. He did not have the better teammates. LeBron did. Michael Jordan would have come out of high school and never retired. Would have blown Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's scoring title. No doubt about it. You know, LeBron James, when it's all said and done, he's going to be known probably as the best all-around player. He's going to do something nobody has ever done. Not even magic. Top five in points. And assists. But Michael Jordan is six for six, six rings, killer instinct, did it under circumstances that were tougher than LeBron's, and decided and did it after two comebacks. Has the second greatest season of all time, most wins. He's the GOAT, regardless of what you say in the documentary. The last dance was an introduction to all the LeBron James fans who were born after the year 2000 or 99. It introduced the best there is, there ever was, there ever will be. The greatest of all time, Michael Jordan. Thank you very much. That's all I have today. Appreciate all the listeners. Yeah, I appreciate all the downloads, man. I switched my platform to Anchor, which actually they distributed way more. And I, my, my bro, it's unbelievable how my downloads have blown up. The most downloads I've ever had in a month, maybe not so far, but it's been crazy, man. The love I've been getting from uh, this new platform 
I appreciate it to all my new listeners. Y'all jump onto the ride. And to my loyal listeners, been here since day one because it's been two freaking years, my man, that since I've actually started this podcast and I got 89 episodes in. I used to, you know, publish every week, man, but life's got a little difficult the last year. And, uh, you know, COVID-19 hasn't helped. I've, I've had a lot of things going on work-wise, family-wise. I'm an average Joe, man, but I do bring the fire. Never leave, never stay. They're always here. I do bring the fire with the most honest takes from an average Joe to the average Joe. Thank you for listening. Your boy E-Man signing out. Peace.